0: Someone said price is what you pay but you, you have to actually look at the
1: value that you're getting from what you're paying. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with successful property manager and licensee of Progressive Property, Melissa Morgan. We delve into her strategies to manage investment properties to generate greater cash flow, an incredible story about one of her developments that her almost $800,000 and much, much more. Morgan shares with us a moment where everything seemed to fall into place for her and she knew she was on the right track.
0: Yeah, well, it actually sort of was the bounce back from what happened in that Dulwich Hill project. It was sort of, well, maybe it's time to, to do something a little bit different um, and starting Progressive Property, my property management business is probably a, a big, aha, light bulb moment um, for me and uh, I was actually a licensed agent from back when I was... Um, at Capital 360. I'd actually done my real estate agent's license course. So I, and I had an experience, I had some experience with property management then. And plus I'd been managing all of my own Sydney properties for a good decade or more. So by that point, everything made sense. The kids were a little bit older. the um, My husband's mortgage-broking business, you know, also had exposure to contacts and investors. So, and I, I was very passionate about, property management um, and, and really offering a different level of service. So, it really made sense to to get into property in a business sense and not so much a, a development or investing sense.
1: Let's just put things into sort of a bit perspective and time frame. Stulledge Hill project, when was that started and, and finished? Uh,
0: it was sort of started 2016 and sold 2018.
1: After that, that's when you started back last year in 2018 in Progressive Property.
0: Yes, yeah. It actually, the Royal Commission was one of the also the, the things that helped us start was that the mortgage broker industry was looking a bit shaky for a while. So we actually thought, well, what's something else that we could do? You know, because we're so, we love property so much that that still was in the property arena, but help mitigate that risk.
1: Morgan explains to us what some of her main priorities were when she was thinking of starting up her own business.
0: I think that one of the the earlier decisions was sort of how am I going to run this business and what, you know, software was a major consideration, Um, the systems and sort of the trust accounting and the compliance processes to have in place. And because I had spent the years at Macquarie in a very regimented, um, process-oriented sort of role, it actually was helpful um, for me to sort of see things in a strategic way and build a business that had good foundations.
1: We find out more about what her strategies were when she started her business, and what she learned from her previous experiences.
0: I'd seen Capital 360 grow too fast, so I I straight away wanted to grow organically, and I wanted to be able to take the time to do it right and be able to service each client, you know, properly and not rush things or have pressure, um, you know. So I think buying a rent roll was going to definitely do that to me. All of a sudden, having you know, X number of new clients and new properties that I didn't know from the very beginning. So I basically grew my client base from people that I'd known over the years, um, friends, friends of friends and referrals. Um, and yeah, that, that's sort of where my business is growing. So it's still a very boutique agency, but it, I like it because it's a way of doing things organically and slowly and making sure that they're done properly.
1: We delve into what is that that separates a property management company from the rest of the other businesses out there.
0: Usually, the licensee of that business is working in sales, um, and they've got generally some junior staff running property management. Um, often, these these staff, you know, are inexperienced. They haven't. They don't have their own investment properties, so they don't have the right mindset. Um, they're very reactive. I guess you know that they, they think their job is collecting rent and repairing some leaky taps, but really it's about partnering with investors um, to to manage you know their asset to help it grow over time and to ensure that that asset produces a, a good cash flow. So, right from the beginning, I think uh, my um, agency offers a very different product. It's really you know, looking at um, an asset from a higher level and a holistic point of view. So, I do things like I'm very strategy focused on trying to minimize vacancies, maximize cash flow, look at where value can be added through maybe a simple reno, um, look at values of how their property is changing every year. So, we do... Like we run a bit of a comparative market analysis every year to see if they've got new equity um, and they maybe that fits in with their goals on wanting to grow a portfolio over time. So it's more like a portfolio manager I suppose as opposed to a property manager.
1: Does she have a hands-on approach when it comes to her clients' properties or is there another way that she assists them?
0: I have where I can but it does mean that it takes me away from the core business so, I, I did have an owner that bought a, a lovely little art deco sort of house in Marrickville, but it was very run down. So, I, I assisted them sort of with a project management um, type of project in getting sort of, you know, the house ready for rental. But I did find that it, it took a lot out of me and a lot of time away from the property management. So, now I've, I've sort of also got a bit of a team like I've got a property manager that doesn't work for me but I can recommend um, You know that they can help the client with that sort of thing so it, it is I guess giving the client the resources to go and and do what they need to with the property.
1: By having so much experience in the property industry, Morgan is able to help her clients find the right match when it comes to trades.
0: Over the years, i would had so many projects and so much exposure to different trades that I've got quite a lot of people that I know that I can call on to help, you know, do those things. And also from, like, I I probably missed in the middle where I did, well, after I built the house in Annandale, I did own a um, builder for the house. So I actually built an extension from the ground up twice. Um, And so I have a really good understanding of building. um, And then if there's an issue, I, I straight away know a little bit about, I guess, you know, the potential cause and the potential cost it might be to rectify.
1: We dive into what some of her strategies were when it came to property development, and the advice she has for any aspiring developers.
0: After the first decade or so, right around about the, um, you know, when I started with that Hurstville project, that didn't go so well. It was a, a mental shift of well, if the sites into, if the house is interstate, it becomes quite hard to actually do anything with it hands-on, and also because at the time we bought houses without looking at what potential they had as development sites. So it became let's go and find something where we can be hands-on, we can learn um, the process of developing, I guess, <laughs> and also then use that sort of as a, a kickstart um, for future projects. So the the Hurstville one was not a great like. Uh, And it was probably – it's a good learning lesson for people that don't jump in the deep end and buy something that's too far out of your capabilities like I did. Um, Start small. And so after I sold that project, I went back to starting really small and I started doing extensions. Um, And that then helped me understand sort of the DA process and the CC process, the construction certificate process after that, and also then what it took to sort of project manage a build and, and how much is involved in building a, a house.
1: Taking on such a big project by herself, there were plenty of learning experiences for her, and she shares some of them with us.
0: That if you're doing, I guess, an older house, that you, there will be unexpected things that that pop up, um, you know. That, that once you start, you know, maybe opening up the floors, you find that some of the piers, the supports, the foundations are not what you thought they were. That there may be previous termite damage. So you've always got to have a bit of a buffer, I think, in place to allow for things like that. Um, I guess also that it, it, you've got to trust your trades. Um, you've got to be able to try and find people that you work well with and then at, sometimes it doesn't come down to price. I learned that if you always go for the cheapest person, often it comes back to buy you. Um, so, sometimes go for the person that gives you confidence and that has the most
1: experience. When you say that, is that regards to time, delays, what what things uh, you know come back to you?
0: I've had problems with pretty much everything um, but yeah, sometimes they're too busy and because they've quoted too low on too many jobs so then they say they'll come next week and they just drag it out, you know, week after and the week after that. Um, And, you know, on any project, you don't want the holding costs to build up. Um, Also, you know, quality. Sometimes they say they know what they're doing um, and then, you you know, you've always got to check that they're licensed, but still sometimes, you know, the quality of it becomes quite poor if they're rushed. Um, And and sometimes they just give you a headache. (laughs) Like they're, they're, They, you know, have little, they complain about everything. (laughs) They're not happy about, um, you know, the job they're doing and it's, it's just not worth sort of the stress.
1: And I've had friends who have developed their own house and stuff like that And a project that they expected probably take no more than twelve months turned into a three and a half, four year project because they they chose a a builder who was a bit cheaper. Even though they saved a lot of the cost themselves, they bought purchased a lot of stuff overseas and brought it back here. But just the amount of time that it took, you know, that (laughs) that delayed, you know, the build and so forth like that just wasn't worth it. And I think at the end of the day, Sometimes as you said, it, choosing the cheapest tradesperson doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the best and, and that, that happens again like, in a lot of things, you know, I can I can vouch for that even in, in just choosing a developer for a website. <laughs> choosing the cheapest doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it done, you know, well, it's just at the end of the day, they, they, they could be cheaper just because of, of their lack of experience.
0: Someone said price is what you pay but you, you have to actually look at the value that you're getting for what you're paying.
1: Morgan talks to us about what kind of developments she was doing whether it be structural or townhouses or units.
0: So I did a couple of structural ones um, and then I came across uh, a site that allowed me to build a duplex um, and it, it made sense and it was brought to me by a draftsman that I'd done some work with so it was someone I trusted and he, he was actually looking at buying it but didn't have the funds. So I ended up buying that site and actually a funny story i had to buy it twice at auction i was the underbidder the first time um and then the developer didn't settle he actually didn't have the funds to complete the settlement so he lost his deposit (laughs) um and three months later i went back on the market and i bought it for 100k less than the first time so that was a really good project the whole way through so i i found my builder through that project um and, you know, he's, a, he's an excellent guy that I've done multiple projects with after. Um, and, yeah, he, we built this complying development duplex because the site was already on two lots. So it actually allowed us to do complying development. Um, so I didn't have the pain of going through a DA. And, yeah, I learned so much about complying development process and, and sort of how, how straightforward it can be compared to a process through council.
1: Coming up after the break, we'll delve into what is motivating Melissa Morgan.
0: I think it's about um, building a a strong base for my family and my kids um, whilst also teaching them the value of hard work.
1: Advice that has helped her and can help you.
0: It's not what you do in a day that makes you tired. It's actually the opportunities you miss and what you don't do in a day.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. We find out more about her duplex development and also the final outcome.
0: Well, I think half of it was that the market was on an upward cycle. So, there was a, a, a good chunk of the profit was attributed to the growth in the market. Um, and then the other half was that the project was you know, a great street. It was a very fairly quick project. It was about 12 months end to end. There wasn't you know, any delays with... Objections from neighbours or or drama along that side because there was no DA involved. Um, The complying development is so powerful in that, you know, within a month you will basically be able to start the project because as long as you comply with what, you know, the guidelines are, then your project is automatically approved. Um, And it was uh, a four-bedroom duplex with a, a studio and garage off the back, um, and it was a, it was a good product for the market at the time. So it was I was able to sell it for a premium.
1: What kind of profit did you make out of a project like that?
0: Somewhere around 800 k. So it was a lot of money.
1: Did Morgan decide to use those funds to reinvest into other properties?
0: I did invest into a joint venture. So that um, has been going on for nearly two years now. Um, And it is a a good project. It's a a four townhouse development in the eastern suburbs. So it um, allowed me, I guess, to to then try different things like like joint ventures um, and be able to go into a bigger project that um, us as individuals wouldn't have been able to do on our own. But with our funds combined, we were able to invest in a project that had bigger margins. Um, so four townhouses are uh, now nearly complete. Um, and hopefully by, by the end of the year, we will have, have them, you know, two of them are pre-sold. We sold them at a time when we saw the market going down. And now we've got two left that we'll get really good prices on as well. We haven't sold all of them yet, um, but it should be around about sort of the, the 20 30% mark, um, which will probably leave each joint venture party uh, sort of I guess with maybe 500K plus um, at the end of the day.
1: So you went into joint venture partnership with another person. Were you guys 50-50 in that deal and in terms of the work-wise, was it 50-50 as well?
0: Well, We walked into it I guess having um, a good amount of I guess trust for the the joint venture partner and they were very similar. They were another couple that um, had also experience with small developments like us. And it, it was very much a 50-50, we, we decided we had similar experiences, similar cash flow and together we were able to put in the funds and the experience and the time to make the project work.
1: When you're working with other people, you can not only learn a lot about them but about yourself as well.
0: I think it came out um, as who was stronger in certain areas um and my one of my strengths is finishes. Um, I, I love sort of you know doing nice finishes like marble and, and timber floors and, t- and that sort of thing. So that's sort of become more of my focus um, whereas they've done a lot of the, sort of the accounting and admin and the financial side of things. Um, but it wasn't set in stone from the beginning. It was more as we went along whose strengths came out and who was better suited to doing each role.
1: If you're passionate and love your work, it does not matter about how much money you have. You'll always want to do it.
0: It's actually quite interesting because my husband and I have just been talking about this over the last few days, and yeah, like we've we've been financially free for a while. Um, we, if we wanted to, we could basically retire, but it's not what we want to do. Like we, I mean, on paper we've got financial freedom, but in our heads we really want to achieve a lot more. Um, and we, it's good in a way, it's good to be in this situation because it's, work is a choice and we work because we're passionate about what we do um, and we want to we build up great businesses that help people versus working because it's something that we have to do.
1: Successful people have a number of driving or motivating factors and we learn about some of Morgan's.
0: Well, I think it's our mindset. We've just, uh, I've always been an ambitious and entrepreneurial person. So I think it's about um, building a a, a strong base for my family and my kids, um, whilst also teaching them the value of hard work, Um, but also just making myself feel productive and and satisfied in my life. And I think, yeah, if I retired, I, I would go crazy in about two weeks.
1: Sometimes, you just need to trust your gut and learn from your decisions, whether they be good or bad.
0: I have not had any mentors or any followed any one person's path, um, which probably, I guess, is fairly unique And um, in that I've sort of formulated my own um, plans based on instinct and some good, some bad decision-making. Um, I found the the property chat forums a few years back um and that has actually helped me quite a bit in terms of mindset in that there's a community of like-minded people out there that are passionate about property um in my early days i didn't have much support and when i even when i did my hearstville project and it was going badly i had very little support very little um you know, very few people I could turn to, but having since found the the property chat forums, and, and also now I organise um, the meetups in Sydney. Um, it it actually I love you know the social aspect and having even you know if we don't talk about property, it's still people that are very like minded.
1: It is important to learn from as many people who have had a lot of experience in the field you're trying to break into.
0: I just found that I read a lot in the earlier days. When I was catching the train to Macquarie, all I did was read nonstop Um, and uh, nothing actually jumps out at me, which is probably a good thing. I think people should try and um, absorb as much as they can from other people's experiences but then try and formulate their own view that meets their own situation. Um, And It is really about continually reading and continually sort of educating yourself um, you know, and listening to podcasts and, and hearing other people's experiences, because then they trigger sort of little things to inspire you. Well, they did for me to continue to look at my own portfolio or to go and you know assess what I could do with my existing properties. It was just the continual thing that that helped, not any one particular book or person.
1: Morgan shares with us a piece of advice that has stuck with her and that she has applied to her career.
0: Something comes to mind, and it's it's a, it's actually a saying that I read somewhere. Um, and that, that is that it's not what you do in a day that makes you tired. It's actually the opportunities you miss and what you don't do in a day. And that's been very much my philosophy is that I love being productive. And I love doing lots. And when I do that, I actually feel really good. But if I if i don't do anything, um, you know, then then that's when I get really tired and run down. Mm-hmm.
1: Being able to bounce ideas off your partner that understands your business can really come in handy.
0: One of them is probably talking to your partner. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that my, my husband and I are very similar in our goals and our approaches. Actually, no, that's not true. We're very different in our approaches but we're very similar in our end results um, and we bounce ideas off each other constantly um, and I think that that's really important to do so that you're on the same page. And when we talk to each other, we come up with new ideas and and come to new conclusions because we've sort of thought out loud what what we're sort of been dealing with in our day-to-day jobs and and our mindset. The thing we do is try and reward ourselves a little bit. Like, you know, we go out for a really nice dinner and we we both love our food. (laughs) Um, And, you know, he's got a passion for cars, so he's bought himself a Porsche race car. Um, uh, You know, it's little things like we go for, you know, overnight trips away. Can't take much more than overnight away, but overnight, you know, nice, going to nice little places, it just recharges us and makes us sort of appreciate, you know, how hard we work, but we've got the rewards for it.
1: Throughout her years of experience, she shares what she would have liked to have done a little earlier in her career.
0: I probably would have started the business earlier, if anything. Um, I I would have said, hey, jump into the property management business because there is so much, um, you know, potential there and so much you can add. Um, and maybe focus less on the glamour of property development. <laughs> um, I think everyone thinks property development is, you know, hugely profitable and a very glamorous type of job. But really, it's super hard work, and it's you know, there's a lot of risk there as well.
1: And how does it compare to say property management then?
0: Um, property management is day to day managing risk for yourself and for other people. But as a business, it's it, there's almost no risk because you're providing a service. Um, and as long as you do a good job, your client base will grow. At the customer service job, at the end of the day, it's it's about doing the right thing by people, Um, especially, I think, for tenants. If they're happy, then they'll stay in the property and look after the property, which, at the end of the day, results in a, a better asset for the owner.
1: Having achieved so much already throughout her career, there is still so much that Morgan is looking forward to in the future.
0: I think it's continuing to see what we've done over the last 20 years grow, over the next 20 years, um, just to see, you know, the buy and hold properties grow. Hopefully Queensland will go up a bit more. <laughs> um, I think everybody's waiting for Queensland to go up a bit more. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, these businesses that we've built, seeing where they can go, I find, I think of my business like an investment property. Um, you know, it's got its cash flow coming in, but it's also sort of an equity base. Um, and I'd love to see, so how that will go over the next five years. Um, and then also trying to sort of, I guess, help our kids grow and, and give them, you know, a good understanding of investing and, and um, how powerful, you know, even things like compound interest can be, you know, those things that they don't really learn at school.
1: Everyone needs a little bit of luck along the way, but through hard work and passion is where success is achieved.
0: I think there's definitely a component of luck in everyone's success, um, and I, I think I've also had some fair share of some sort of bad luck. Um, uh, but it's, it comes down to a passion for what you do, I think. Because I really always wanted to, to be ambitious and to achieve things, I, I kept pushing myself and what I do doesn't feel like work. It's more just what I do. So I think without that mindset and that drive, and then it becomes harder to achieve what I have.
1: If you want to keep in contact with Melissa Morgan after the podcast, she provides her details on how to do so.
0: The website is www.progressiveproperty.com.au and yeah feel free to shoot me an email at melissa at progressiveproperty.com.au and yeah I'd love to chat to anyone that sort of you know needs help with property management or even sort of their portfolio and I'm happy to even throw in you know the first month of property management for free just so they can try it out.
1: Thank you to property manager and licensee of Progressive Property, Melissa Morgan, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.